Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Jeff Heckman, who is uh, Topps Director of E-Commerce. We're going to hear a little bit about his story and how Topps has been uh, aggressively moving forward in that space. But I do have other sponsors besides Topps, also Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huckington Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, as well as ComC.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So welcome, Jeff. Interested in hearing how you uh, got to this uh, place where you're, I hope, loving your job. A lot of people would like to have your job, but how did you get your job? Yeah, thanks, Jim. Appreciate you having me on. I guess I'll talk about the job thing first, and then we can talk about my hobby origin story. But I, I worked in the sports industry. I really got out of college, started working in the sports industry. So I, my first job was working for the LA Galaxy, the MLS team. So I worked in sports and then moved to Chicago and worked for some sports marketing companies and then made a real big career change where I went and got my MBA and I worked at SC Johnson, so a traditional consumer package goods companies. And I was in the brand management group working on scrubbing bubbles. So bathroom cleaning brands, doing things where you learn the, the building blocks of brand management and marketing. And after a couple of years, there were a couple of recruiters I was working with. Um, one of them said, hey, Tops has an opening. And I said, oh, Tops trading cards? And they said, yeah, Tops trading cards. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I used to be a collector. Where, where are they based? And they said, Manhattan. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I have to move from Chicago. But um my wife's from the East Coast, and I thought, oh, it would be fun to move and work there. So got connected through a recruiter, came to Tops, interviewed for the role, and got that job, which was great, and started beginning of 2012 in the brand management team, overseeing mostly the Bowman baseball brand and a handful of other baseball brands. At the time, it was actually like Archives, Finest. It was like all the non-base brands. So I didn't do Series 1, didn't do Series 2, I didn't do updates. I did probably, I did Chrome, which was cool. So I got to do Tops Chrome. So that, that, that's what I did for a couple of years. And then in 2014, I moved over to e-commerce. Okay. And I tried then okay. ever since years. Well, what are the differences there? What did you, most of the listeners would just, again, be very excited about the physical cards and dealing with that. How was e-commerce a step in the right direction for you? And, and uh, what's exciting about that with what actually Tops is a lot of pretty exciting initiatives. But did you see that handwriting on the wall in 2014? Yeah, the thing that really attracted me to e-commerce was how fast moving it is and how um, you know quickly you can put out products to the marketplace. And then also the direct interaction you get with the consumers, right? So the collectors at the end of the day, you put a product on the site, you get to on the back end, see who purchases it, ship it out to them. So you feel a little bit closer um, to the whole trading cards. Whereas when I worked on Bowman, I mean, Bowman was fun and what it is today is much bigger and really a you know, beast from what it was in 2012. Um, create a product, it would get packed out, it would go into hobby shops, it would go into retail. And then after that, you'd be on to the next product. Um, so it'd be uh, you know, a very laborious process working on Bowman. It would take a while. Whereas in e-commerce, I just saw, gosh, things are moving so fast. We started to build print-on-demand capabilities. So you could take advantage of things that were going on in the marketplace and then two, e-commerce, it was more of a testing grounds. You could do a little bit more trial and error and see what worked and immediately see what people liked in the hobby versus putting something on shelf. There's certainly plenty of sources where we look to see how well things are being received in the marketplace, but it's not immediate. And when e-commerce, right away, you put something up and in the first 10 minutes, 20 minutes, hour, two hours, I know exactly how well the product's going to do for however well it's, however long it's on sale. If it's a traditional trading card product, if it's some of the newer brands we're doing, if it's wall art, pretty much right away how it's doing. So that really appealed to me. Uh, Jeff, when you were doing your MBA, so I guess, was it in marketing? Uh, was it concentration in marketing or? Yeah, concentration in marketing and management. Okay. So I'm just, I have a technical question for you. In the psychographics of the customers, are the card customers, the, the traditional hobbyists, are they different psychographically or demographically from the direct-to-consumer e-commerce customers? Do you think they're very similar or there's some notable differences? It's a great question. I would say when I started, very similar psychographically and demographically. I think a lot of um, 
the collectors cross over and buy stuff in hobby shops as well as on tops.com. I would say as the years have gone on and e-commerce has evolved in the business world in general, I think you've gotten people that are a little bit outside the traditional hobby demographics and psychographics. You have more gift buyers. So gift buyers probably tend to be more moms, aunts, grandmothers, uncles may or may not be in the, in the hobby. Um, and then I think also too, it's probably skewed a bit younger from a demographic standpoint. But psychographically, I still think that the need and desire to collect tops, um, it's really about what attracts you to collect tops in the first place, whether you're a set collector, whether you're someone who's buying for secondary market value, whether you're buying to hold it, whether you just love a brand, you've always collected series one your whole life or you attracted out in Ginter and you bought it from, I think what's been around for 12, 13 years, for whenever it started, you buy it every year. So I think there are a lot of similarities, but as time's going on, it's verged. And you think there's just the thrust that you're doing in the in e-commerce, it's still trying to be consistent with the legacy of uh, whatever that's been, uh, 70 years of tops. Oh, for sure. I think anything we do in e-commerce is really about highlighting and leveraging as much of the great things of the tops brand as we possibly can. So whether it's stuff that are currently going on in the world or the marketplace, or especially the heritage of what tops is, we really try and make sure that when we launch things in e-commerce, that we keep the tops brand first and foremost, because that's why people will buy. We can go out and create products or have offerings or content that is not really involved with tops. Or sometimes I look at it and be like, any company could do that. But to leverage the tops brand, to leverage trading cards or baseball, or to put all three of those together, you want to try and put something in place that's truly unique to tops, because that's what's going to really appeal to collectors. And then also it's going to be something that people buy, so it'll be good for the tops business. Uh, who's responsible for the Dr. Fauci card? That's our team, our whole team. So the e-commerce team does a lot of the Tops Now stuff. And as we were getting ready and preparing for the 2020 baseball season with all the uniqueness that we knew would have with the pandemic, with the postponement of the season, we were brainstorming and thinking, gosh, in this season especially, how can we make card number one? As all your listeners know, in any set that Tops does, card number one is really important. So we started thinking, what could be something really unique and special for Tops Now? And then a few days before the season started, we saw the announcement, Dr. Fauci's thrown out the first pitch. And we were, you know, slacking and texting. That's the moment. We just knew Dr. Fauci and what 2020 is. He was the he was the perfect personality person, doctor to be the first pitch. Now, I will say nobody thought it was going to be as successful as it was. But it truly, in all my time at Tops, in my eight plus years, it has crossed over nothing else. My mom certainly knows I work at Tops. I saw her. She said, you got to buy that card for me. People that were friends that knew I worked at Tops text messages, friends in the industry, business partners, everyone. Hey, can I get a Fauci card? Hey, what can I do to get me? It was just crazy. And then, of course, he went on CNN and they talked about it on the Today Show. That card had legs like nothing we've ever seen in Tops Now and probably anything Tops.com that I've seen. People might think, I mean, like I said, I'm, it, it wasn't a gr- gratuitous, uh, shameless insertion of something that had no basis in your Tops history because you've done stuff like this before with picking uh, fan favorites and other people that are not necessarily players and featuring them in sets and in other ways. And I thought it, it fit in well. I thought it was like out of the blue. It, it, it almost was one of those things after you did it, you said, well, of course they're going to do that because they've, over the years, they've done some things that are, that are remin- rem- not reminiscent of that, but, but reflective of tops, bringing things into the popular culture and memorializing things with cards. Yeah, I think you hit on two really good points. That is really what makes the Fauci card um, 
special, but also makes it something that a lot of people knew. Of course, Tops is going to do that. Is we always try and be newsworthy and relevant in pop culture. And I think that when you look at this, that Washington Nationals invited to throw the first pitch. He's in a baseball stadium. We've done other things like that with personalities, with presidential figures, with celebrities. Yeah, and, and those are some of the most popular and collectible cards throughout Topps' history. You can look back to even 2008 before I started the Topps, the George Bush on the background of the Derek Jeter card. There's just so many cases of things that we really want to try and highlight. And yeah, it's, and also collecting is about fun and about interest and about looking back and memorializing where were you in this moment. And people are going to look back, no matter if it's trading cards or baseball or anything, and look back in their life in five years, 10 years, two years, 25 years and say, I know what I, where I was in 2020. I know what it felt like. It was just such a big moment in the world. And then I think a lot of people that are sports fans and baseball fans will remember without you throwing out the first pitch. So yeah, it's really cool how all the stars aligned on that one. I thought you were going to come back to the infamous fan favorite card of me from back in 2005. Apparently not as popular as uh, Dr. Fauci. I'm not sure if I fully remember it. Jeff, the other thing is just the international aspect. How much of e-commerce at Tops is international? And you may want to mention some of the soccer initiatives because I think you, soccer has to be a, an ex, another explosive market right now. But are you seeing a lot of action internationally in your e-commerce and are tracking that? We definitely are, and especially over the last few years. So tops.com, we, we did a huge revamp of the website two or three years ago, and we started expanding our presence with European websites. So we have Spain, Italy, the UK, France, um, Germany. So we have five or six sites in Europe. We're finishing one in Brazil that should be live probably by the beginning of September. India, we're going into certain parts of Asia. So yes, e-commerce and tops in general, our business has exploded across the world. And um Soccer is, is, is the global sports. The, the business in Europe and in Asia is different than the business in America. For us in America, baseball is a dominant sport. And I will say it is growing in Europe, especially in the UK. As Major League Baseball has brought more of their games over there. But yeah, with soccer um, and e-commerce, really, I'd say in the last couple of years, they've both exploded. And even from a hobby standpoint, I started working on the soccer brand from a global standpoint in 2013 when I was doing the traditional physical trading cards and the brand management stuff. And I'd say I'm, I, I love soccer and I played and I told you I worked for the Galaxy. So I'm a big fan of the sport. It was a little bit of a slow burn to start and a smaller marketplace. And I think the hobby was dipping their toe in. And if there was a Ronaldo card or a Messi card, certainly people were collecting and chasing those cards. But in the last two or three years, and some of the things that both us and Panini have done, we've seen explosive growth in that marketplace. And I think there's just tons of things that I think from an e-commerce standpoint, we're looking to do in 2021. And so are, are you tasked with uh, part of your goals for e-commerce is to, to go in first with e-commerce into some of these new territories and new kinds of products. And then, then that opens the way for the full line of products going forward, perhaps? I, I think, you know, I think in an ideal world, yes. But I think a lot of the places where we already have, whether it's physical offices or a presence or whatever the retail market looks like, a hobby is pretty unique to the U.S. as far as hobby shops. Yes, in Asia, there definitely are in parts of Europe, but like retail is very different around the world as far as how cards and stickers and other collectibles are sold. So I wouldn't say that we're going first, but I do think that with some of the products that we offer with the Tops Now, the living sets, even new things that we can test out and do, we are hopefully offering them new opportunities that they can either take to retail or they can take to other places where their products are traditionally not sold. If we can show them things that are successful from an e-commerce standpoint, I do think that a lot of collectors, customers, retailers can get excited by some of the data and some of the sales that we can show them. You know, I, I'm obviously a data guy. The, the, the big data possibilities here for the industry are, are to me, very promising because uh, so many things are going global. I think there's global interest for expensive cards in, in the high end, but there needs to be global interest across the board. 
And so I think your some of your e-commerce ideas and that are coming to fruition give that a chance to to really blossom. And, but any last comments here? I try to keep my episodes to fifteen minutes. It sounds like you're really excited about what's going on. Are there any uh, big uh, initiatives for 2021 with Tops, or is it just continue to build on the success? I think there are some major initiatives for 2021. Um, certainly, we want to build on the success of the last few years with Tops Now, Living Set, Project 2020. We've really created these unique, great card sets for people to collect. So we want to continue to leverage and hopefully get more and more collectors to come in and, and engage and try those brands out. But 2021 is the 70th anniversary of Tops Baseball. So there's a tremendous amount of um, excitement, both in physical cards as well as e-commerce that we're looking to do for 2021. And then... Um, yeah, I think there's a few other things that I, I probably can't share right now, but not even in baseball and sport, but uh, some really fun collectible things that I think we're going to take advantage of and put on uh, Tops.com in 2021. And just what we've seen with, with the rise of the hobby and even with the pandemic has really fueled and helped us out, which I know it's weird to say because it's been tough for so many people, but uh, yeah, we're riding a lot of momentum into 2021. So I'm excited about it, both from what we got currently on the side as well as some of the things that we're planning. Jeff, thanks for your time. Basically, it, back in the day, Tops did all these test issues, and that was code for things that didn't work. That test issues you're doing seem to all be working. So I, you're throwing things out there, and uh, you, you're obviously gauging consumer demand and doing a great job. So thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Tops. Thanks, listeners. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man that-